0: Welcome to the True Tales by Disability Advocates, authentic voices of people thriving with disabilities, where individuals use the art of storytelling to change the world. The True Tales by Disability Advocates podcast is produced by Artspark Texas, Speaking Advocates Program. Keep listening to hear how life's challenges can spark a desire to speak out and advocate for themselves and others.
1: You are listening to the premiere of True Tales by Disability Advocates, the podcast where advocates harness the power of storytelling to build community with their peers and hope to develop empathy in others. Recognizing that everyone's life is enriched by the inclusion of multiple voices, Artspark Texas has been training disability advocates as storytellers for over 20 years. A team of disability advocates creates True Tales to give voice to the personal stories and lived experience of disabled storytellers. We offer our unique and often unrepresented perspective to the growing community of podcast listeners worldwide. Season one will showcase stories from the Opening Minds, Opening Doors and Speaking Advocates trainings over the last seven years. In this episode, we hear from Eric Clough, the original coordinator of the Speaking Advocates program, who shares a brief history of the programs and two stories he wrote as a participant in the Opening Minds, Opening Doors trainings. First, he takes us on a camping adventure with his best friend at a music festival as a typical 19-year-old who happens to have muscular dystrophy and use a wheelchair. His second beautiful story is a letter to his 10-year-old self about the journey he will have as he grows up, how his first encounter with a group of disability advocates helped him come to love his own disability, and become a disability advocate himself. Your host for this episode is Brittany Sesum, Houston native, poet, mother, and army veteran.
2: Welcome to the podcast where we change the world one story at a time. I'm Brittany Sesum, and I'm your host. Our storyteller this week, Eric Cloud, will tell stories of how he learned pride and bravery to live in an authentic life. So, Eric, before you share your story, There's a saying that your mind is like a parachute. It only works when it's open. You participated in a program called Opening Mind, Opening Doors, both as a student and as the coordinator for six years. From there, the Speaking Advocates program was created. Can you tell us a little bit more about the history of the program?
3: Sure thing. Opening Minds, Opening Doors was a grant project of Artspark Texas from 2013 until 2017. And then from there, people that participated in the program wanted to stay in touch. They wanted to keep writing and presenting stories and socializing. So as you mentioned, Opening Minds, Opening Doors was the original program that Speaking Advocates evolved from. Speaking Advocates was the name that they gave themselves and they would meet on a monthly basis to keep in touch. So really the main idea of opening minds, opening doors was that we use storytelling to open people's minds about what people with disabilities are able to contribute and what they can accomplish. Opening up people's minds about disability and what's possible, that opens doors of opportunity for individuals with disabilities and employment and Just being involved with the community and just living a very engaged life. So that's how the Speaking Advocates program came about.
2: Thank you, Eric. Let's hear your first story
3: Coachella. In this photo, my friend Reese and I pose at our campsite outside the Coachella Music Festival in Southern California. I am 20 years old. Reese is 19. We were good friends from high school, and this was our second trip to Coachella since graduating. We position ourselves between two tents and under a canopy made from the backup tent rain cover. Behind us, a tiki-style umbrella casts a shadow over green grass. A cooler filled with snacks and vitamin water rests on the grass before our neighbor's tent. Appearing at bottom left is half the roof of a bamboo birdhouse we bought that day at Walmart. The birdhouse was on sale, and we just had to have it for our campsite. Sadly, no birds came to nest at our campsite, but it looked cool. Reese and I both smile. He wears black cargo shorts, a green shirt, aviator sunglasses, and a black hat turned backwards. He makes a peace sign with his fingers. I wear tan cargo shorts and a white t-shirt. With a picture of George W. Bush and the words dumb shit happens when you don't vote. A rolled up yellow bandana worn as a headband encircles my short blonde hair. Each day at Coachella, the temperature rose to 115 degrees and I would soak this bandana in the ice cold water of our cooler and tighten it over my forehead so the cold water would rot down my face flushed red with the heat. I hold something in my hands that obscures George W. Bush's face on my t-shirt, but I cannot figure out what it is. I hope it's nothing inappropriate. This photo reminds me of the ridiculous stunts we pulled that we still laugh about to this day. When we arrived to the campgrounds, we noticed a security checkpoint in the middle of this long fence where a security guard searched through everyone's bags. A sign on the fence listed official festival contraband. Many items on the list made sense, like weapons and drug paraphernalia. But then it mentioned musical instruments. Now this was an injustice. How could a music festival ban instruments? Since we had brought my acoustic guitar, we decided to protest. First, we studied the security carefully. We identified two security guards in total one at the checkpoint and a second who monitored the full length of the fence. Then we initiated our plan. I went through the checkpoint first and Reese stayed outside with the guitar. Once inside, I met Reese at our rendezvous point and while the second security guard briefly turned the other way, Reese threw the case over the fence. I caught it and rolled full speed across what felt like a football field of grass till I reached the safety of the tents. I had no idea if the security guard actually chased after me, but I refused to turn around and find out. Later, we noticed several other campers with guitars and other instruments, and we realized the security guards didn't actually enforce that ban, and our caper had been completely unnecessary. A lot of incredible musicians played the festival that year. Prince, Portishead, the Rockin' Tours, but my favorite was Roger Waters of Pink Floyd. He rocked the festival grounds with an hour-long set of his greatest hits and followed that up with Dark Side of the Moon in its entirety. When he played Wish You Were Here, I literally wept like a child. I remember a woman looked at me and wondered if I was okay. I said, yeah, I'm just having an emotional moment. I still think that's the best cry I've ever had. I chose to tell you about this photo because I spent a lot of time feeling stressed out and being hard on myself, and this photo represents a moment when I was surrounded by friends and truly having fun. I felt genuinely excited about being alive. Sometimes we forget the world is an amazing place, and there's nothing like good times and good people to remind you of that.
2: Welcome back. I'm Brittany Sessom. I'm here with Eric Clow, Austin-based writer and musician. His original music reflects his sincerity and twisted sense of humor. He works at Art Spark, Texas, offering creative opportunities to artists with disabilities. Thanks for sharing your story with us today, Eric. Tell us, what are some of the things that you accomplished through Speaking Advocates?
3: So... The Speaking Advocates program, over the four years of the grant, we trained approximately 75 individuals with disabilities across the state of Texas to write their stories and to present their stories. Many of them even went on to present their stories at conferences that we didn't actually need to go and assist them. They just found out about the conference. They submitted a proposal and they went and presented. That was, I think, the height of our achievement as a program. We also developed this curriculum, which is all-inclusive and accessible for folks with disabilities. So those are some of the things that we're most proud of in the program. On a personal level, I learned how to write stories. I re-familiarized myself with the joy of writing. One of the things that I learned and the stories that I shared with you today is that just, you know, I was forced to go through multiple drafts of each story. I learned it helps me to kind of loosen up a little bit and to let some of my perfectionism slide so I could let the best part of the story shine. The program, it helped to inspire me to get out performing music as well, because I kind of got me used to the idea of performing, presenting to an audience.
2: So, Eric, if a person wants to keep up with you or join Speaking Advocates, where would they go and what are the requirements?
3: So, the best place to learn about speaking advocates is to go to the Art Spark Texas website, and that's artsparktx.org. And if you go to the programs, you'll find speaking advocates there. Of course, Ms. Boy is our current program manager, and so she's always a good person to contact if you want to know more or get involved. Her email is boye at artsparktx.org. As for requirements, it is a program for individuals with disabilities, Beyond that, the only other thing that you need to do if you want to get involved is just bring an open mind and be ready to write and to step outside your comfort zone a little bit. Because storytelling, when you're writing your own personal stories and you're getting up and presenting them in front of a live audience, that's something that is outside a lot of people's comfort zones. But Just come with an open mind and be ready to challenge yourself a
2: bit. I just want to say, Eric, it's great chatting with you so far. I'm so thankful that you were able to come and share your experience and enthusiasm with our audience. Everyone, you heard it here. Please go to speaking advocates at artsparktexas.org, speaking advocates, or you can email Miss Boy at boy at artsparktexas.org. Just like Pinterest, we're going to have to put a pin in it, but stay with us for Eric's second story.
3: Letter to my 10-year-old self. Dear 10-year-old Eric, you just found out your dad is gay. You asked him plainly on the front porch in the way only a chilled-out, born-and-raised Californian kid. Dad, are you gay? Yes. Who are you gay with? I'm not gay with anybody. You must have looked confused because he went on to explain... You don't have to be gay with anybody to be gay. You can just be gay. Oh, you said. Cool. Knowing this changed nothing in how you feel about your dad. It's just another truth you have to learn, like Santa Claus isn't real, or you have this invisible thing called muscular dystrophy. Now add dad's gay to the list. But don't worry. In time, you'll realize that being gay is probably the least complicated thing about your father. Now for some bad news. In a little less than a year, you will break your femur skateboarding. I know what you're thinking, but sadly, no. The trick you attempt is not awesome, nor is it at all worth the excruciating pain you will experience. Still, you'll eventually walk away with a gnarly scar and quite a tale to go with it. And more than that, you'll learn that accidents like this one have the uncanny power to bring people together, and that even seemingly mortal enemies like your mom and dad can make amends over time. After four weeks in the hospital with nearly endless deliveries of A&W chicken sandwiches and Tomatina's garlic knots, two dozen Nintendo 64 games your sister's boyfriend will temporarily loan you, And the only VCR in the entire hospital, you will be released in a partial body cast and start fifth grade as the coolest kid in school. When you get back on your feet, one of those other truths will become real for you. This invisible thing called muscular dystrophy. You will need to use more and more support from your arms to do things like stand up from the floor or a couch. You will be a little slower when you run during basketball and kickball games. It might not seem like much now, but it will be enough to prompt you to ask your basketball coach if you can address the entire team and tell them you have muscular dystrophy so they understand your limitations. For several years, you will see muscular dystrophy as the enemy, and you will fight it, and you will measure your self-worth only in how effectively you can overcome this unseen force or how much you can inspire others with your valiant attempts. But something magical will happen when you're 17. You and your stepdad will take a cross-country road trip and you'll find an entire community of people with disabilities just like you. But they won't be anything like the tragic, weak people you might imagine. These people are proud of the community they are a part. They wear their disabilities like badges of honor. They say the word disability because it feels good to say. They protest and get arrested if necessary because they recognize their greatest limitations come from the society around them, not from the differences that color who they are. These people will become your new heroes and you'll be practically begging for a power wheelchair by the time you're 18. Learning to love your disability will make you strong enough to work through the bigger challenges that lie ahead. So have fun. Take some risks. Fail miserably. Go outside. Wander aimlessly. Get an instrument and make some noise. Get 10 instruments. Make even more. Fall in love again and again because the right woman will enter your life at the right time. Most importantly, love yourself. Your life is a wild adventure and you have just begun. Live it up, kid.
2: Welcome back. We're still here with Eric. Thanks for sharing your story with us today. Eric. Majority of the time, some of the things that are painful that we go through can inspire people to see beyond where they are. Can you tell our listeners when you came up with Letter to My 10-Year-Old Self?
3: Sure. I wrote this story In our 2017 class in Austin, Texas, and I responded to one of the prompts that our instructor used, which was, write a letter to your 10-year-old self or to your 70-year-old self. I just gave it a try, and this is what came out. I didn't really know what exactly would come up, but as I started thinking about what happened when I was 10 years old, suddenly I realized that so much happened. Um... It was really the time when I first started experiencing the impacts of my disability. It was when my identity was shifting a bit. And also it was when my dad came out. That obviously um, was just a very important time in my life. Basically, it was significant. It was a time of change and realizing who I was.
2: So, Eric, tell me, when did you realize, like your heroes, you had come to love your disability?
3: I think I learned to love my disability in that trip that I uh, describe in my piece. Basically, seeing other people with disabilities who had learned to love their disability and, and who were proud of, of being a part of the disability community, that love was just infectious. You couldn't interact with these people and not feel excited to know that you're a part of this. And throughout my childhood and high school, my disability was a source of shame. It was something that I felt like I had to overcome in order to be a whole human being, realizing that I didn't have to be ashamed of it, realizing that it could actually be a source of pride and of power for myself. That's when I learned to love my disability.
2: So what are some things that you want people to take away from my letter to my 10-year-old self?
3: I think, you know, one interesting thing about writing to your 10-year-old self is that your 10-year-old self will never read it, (laughs) but maybe some other 10-year-olds might be able to hear that. Basically, it was what I'd want any 10-year-old to know about life, you know, to never lose their sense of excitement and wonder at the world and to pursue all of your dreams no matter how impossible they might sound and to embrace who they are to embrace all the aspects of themselves obviously there's a large part of the story is on my disability and how i learned to accept and love my disability and the other part of it is my early exposure to the lgbtq community and that was through my dad i think that that moment i i've i've just always embraced tried to embrace all aspects of people that i interact with and to recognize that the disability community is a unique community but some of the struggles that we face are similar to the struggles that say lgbtq folks face and people of color face and that really we just need to embrace all those different groups of people our differences you know and what makes us unique are, are just things that we should be excited about things that we should you know cherish and also recognize that one thing we all have in common is that we all have these unique differences so that, that's really what i want people to take away from that story
2: thank you so much eric for your commentary. It was like truly inspiring. I'm not going to lie, I really loved your piece. Thank you. And I really appreciate you coming on. So, once again, it was great chatting with you, Eric. If you want to keep up with Eric, his Instagram handle is this absurdity, and you can catch Eric's music on Bandcamp. If you were not able to write any of the links mentioned throughout the show, don't worry. All the links are in the description box of this episode.
1: You've been listening to episode one of True Tales by Disability Advocates. Your host for this episode was Brittany Sesum. Kay Love was the producer. Editing and mixing by Kay Love and Ms. Boy. The script and production team also includes Command Allegaban. Special thanks to our guest Eric Clow. I'm Ms. Boy, coordinator of the Speaking Advocates Program at Artspark Park, Texas, sparking the creative in everyone. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter.
0: All episodes of The True Tales by Disability Advocates are free on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and anywhere you get your podcasts. The program is funded in part by a grant from the Texas State Independent Living Council, the Administration for Community Living, and individuals like you. To learn about the Speaking Advocates program, sign up for our newsletter at artsparktx.org. That's A-R-T-S-P-A-R-K-T-X dot O-R-G. The free virtual training is open to people of all disabilities, no matter where you live.